Well, last week we celebrated our 10th birthday, and, uh, and I want to in- introduce a family um, that was the first family that said yes to be part of the branches, and this is the Downey family, and it wasn't this big when they said yes. And so, uh, but I wanted to have them this morning share with us the Advent reading, our dear friends, and uh, I just want to say also that uh, as we believe in the power of prayer, uh, Pete and Kristen are amazing prayer wars- warriors for our church. They're also strong advocates for discipleship in the life of our church. Kristen has has served for a se- had served for a season as our discipleship director, and I want you to know that small groups uh, that we have these are a big foundational piece that we have them, and that it is something where we see the growth of our church is due to wanting to walk closer with Jesus every every second of our lives, and so that is a passion for this uh, this couple and this family, and so so glad, and I'm so excited that Owen is almost taller than me, so that's very good. So as they share the Advent reading with us this morning. When God's people were surrounded by hardship, suffering, and grief, Isaiah proclaimed, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. Isaiah 61, one through three. We come today as people who are also surrounded by suffering and grief, and yet the spirit hovers among us, tending and anointing, inspiring freedom where there is captivity, declaring blessing in places the world has cursed, and igniting fierce joy where mourning and heartache prevail. We wait as people who experience hardship and pain, yet we are called to witness to the persistent joy that sustains our life as God's people. We light these candles as signs of our shocking hope just peace and fierce joy. May our lives shine with the fierce, tenacious joy of the light who lives in our hearts as we wait and work for the coming of God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Michael. I'm one of the pastors here at the Branches Church, and we're so glad that you're all here as we are leading up to Christmas. Christmas is just a week away. Are you all ready for it? I'm really excited for it, but the question is, are you really ready for it? Did you get all of your shopping done? Have you planned out all of the meals? Have you mailed out all of your Christmas cards? Have you wrapped all of your presents? Have you planned time to spend with your parents and in-laws? Am I stressing anybody out right now? Because there's a lot that comes into this. And it's, I always find it funny because as we talk about Christmas, you know, this idea of peace is so involved with it, but it doesn't seem like we actually get that peace until the day after Christmas. But peace is something that we long for. I mean, I look at my own schedule, and it's busy leading up to it. I've got a lot going on, but it's all good stuff, and I'm sure it's the same with you as well. We're busy, but we're full of all of this good stuff leading up to Christmas. And this isn't a unique thing for this time of year. 
we're constantly full of all of this stuff, and it seems like we're filled with just so many things that are constantly going on in our lives. If you've got kids, they probably have to get to school, and then they've got basketball practice after that, and in between, they've got a dentist appointment, and they're also thinking about dating, so then you got that on your plate as well. Uh, you want to spend time with your spouse, have some time to just go out and, and enjoy time to just communicate and share with them, but of course, the dishwasher's kind of on its last leg, and the car's starting to make a weird sound, and the dog needs to go to the vet, and then you've got work as well, where there's, you know, a deadline that you didn't expect, and you've got to work a little longer, and then you've got to be hanging out with that guy and working with him who just, for some reason, frustrates you in a way that nobody else can understand, you know? We, we've got all of this stuff. On top of that, we've just got our world today. There's a lot of unrest. We're worried about tomorrow, and it just seems like there is no peace. And sometimes we wonder, is peace on earth even possible? Where is this peace that we so desperately long for but seems so elusive to us? Well, the good news is it's a lot closer than you think. Now, as I was preparing my sermon, I was looking over and I realized, oh, my, my, my uh, sermon today involves two stories of boats and two stories of Christmas. Uh, so we'll get to those. We're going to start with one of the stories of Christmas. Uh, and it's the one that Alex read because it's so beautiful. Luke chapter 2, verses 10 through 14. I'll read it again. Uh, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When it comes to having peace, the most important thing we need to realize is that peace is already here. It is already here with us. Christ coming into the world brought peace. The good news that brought great joy to all people was that Christ was born and peace came with him. Oh, I love it. In the announcement, we get these, these beautiful names for Jesus. We get three really special ones. They call him Savior, Messiah, and Lord. And each of them points to just him being that one that we need, that one that is going to save us and give us hope. But if we dig back into the Old Testament, the, the old T as we've been talking now, the old T, uh, you'll find even more beautiful names. Isaiah 9, we see wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and of course, prince of peace. Each of them indicates how unique Jesus is, how his character can just be a part of every bit of our lives. He has the power to fill us up in so many different ways that allow us to really connect with him. He is all of that and more. And so as we go through our lives dealing with the good, the bad, and the ugly, we can rely on Jesus and know that he is the true answer. And it is through him that we can truly have life. The host of angels praising God uh, don't just hint at this idea, but they say it confidently, and they shout it out, glory to God and peace on earth. Peace is here, right here and right now. And so, if it is, why don't we see it or feel it all the time? If you were here this morning as we were setting up, it doesn't feel peaceful as we set up for church, but we know that we have that peace. And through that, we can experience it just by being around other people that are in this fold of God. But peace, we often try to find it. Is, it. is it going on a vacation, getting away to the mountains and enjoying the solitude and quietness? Or maybe go to the beach 
and relaxing in the sun. Uh, maybe it's carving out some time to uh, work on a neglected hobby or just work on yourself, your physical and mental health, you know? Uh, or is it just dropping one of the many things that we have going on in our lives that just make it too much? I think each of those are important, but do they bring us true peace? We need to probably do each of that in some way or another to get rest and, and reset, but do they offer us true peace? The true peace that we need is about something more. It's everlasting and constant. And to find it, we need to go just a little bit deeper. Jesus shares about this peace in John chapter 14, verse 27. He says this, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. It was not something that came and went, but it came with Jesus, and it was given to us as a free gift. We couldn't acquire it by anything we could do, but we could only accept it as it is, this beautiful gift from God through Christ. Unlike the way the world gives, this gift is true, solid, and substantial. We do, uh, what, we, what we do find when we look for peace in this world is a lot of false hope. You know, at best we might find an, an outward moment of calmness, uh, but, you know, it gives us time to breathe before all the craziness of the world comes back. Uh, or maybe it's the shallow version that, that doesn't stand up in the troubling times. Uh, you know, or maybe we find something that we think is peace, but it's going to cost you. You know, whether in time, money, or uh, just being away from the people you love, the world gives peace in words only, but God gives peace totally, completely, and fully. It allows us to know salvation and live out our lives because we have the assurance that Christ came into this world and died for our sins and provided redemption for each and every one of us. Young and old, man, woman, child, all of us, every human, has that peace. But we have to choose to take that gift. Again, Luke 2.14 says this, On earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. It's made clear that knowing this fullness of peace and salvation is for everyone, but it is offered to all, but only some choose to take it. Jesus came for all, but only so many respond. Why do we not all respond to that peace? To understand the peace of Christ involves a transforming of our mind. It involves this focus of finding him. It's not found in this world and the things we buy, what we do or what we quit doing, but it is found in him. Romans 8, 6 says, The mind governed by flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Are we putting our faith in God? Are we letting the Holy Spirit lead our lives and guide us, trusting in him and allowing him to work in all that we do and bring us peace? Our faith lets Jesus work in all aspects of our lives, and our faith acknowledges that the work is making us into a new creation in Christ. This gives us so much hope. It's greater than any anxieties in this world, any worries, and any busyness, and it just lets us rest in him. It's not about finishing everything and then having nothing to do, but true peace is knowing and being known by a loving and good God. And this faith that we hold to is not something that's small or insignificant. It's meant to filter through our entire lives, be a part of everything we do. So if we truly want peace in our lives, 
we have to put our faith in God. To have peace in our lives, we need to have faith in our lives. Faith goes hand in hand with peace. And now we get to the first story about a boat. In Luke, uh, later in uh, chapter 8, we we read about Jesus and his disciples getting into a boat. Uh, It's been a long day, probably, I would imagine, for Jesus. Uh, He he tends to do a lot of stuff when he was around. Uh, And they hop into a boat, and they go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And I'm I'm assuming Jesus was probably tired, and so he, he lays down and takes a nap. Well, very quickly, a storm comes upon them. And it starts rocking the boat back and forth. The disciples are worried. They have no idea what to do. They're terrified to the point where they just have to go and wake Jesus up. And being in danger and terrified, they say to him, Master, we're going to drown. And Jesus gets up, rebukes the wind and the water, and the storm just calms right there, right in front of them. And then he asks them a question that is so important, and it's one that that he continues to ask us as we walk through our lives. He asks them, where is your faith? Where is your faith? Peace was on board with them. And even in those storms, they needed to realize that. When we are engulfed in storms in our life, we have to remember that we have peace. This story calls for a deeper and trusting faith. A faith that means we put our entire self into God. If only they had understood that God's care for them never takes a break. His protection doesn't ever stop, even in the worst of storms. And so Jesus was able to sleep in peace because he understood how much God loves, how much God cares. It is a peace that passes our ability to understand because it's something that we aren't going to find in this world. And now we get to the second story of a boat. So, in 1873, there's a man by the name of Horatio Spafford. Many of you might have heard this story before. If you haven't, it's a really beautiful story, but it's a little sadder. He lost his four daughters on a ship as they were heading across the ocean uh, on, on a vacation. His wife was with them, and she survived, and when she got to shore, she was able to send a a, a telegram back to her husband that said, saved alone. Can you imagine the tragedy here? Losing all four of your kids, I couldn't even, I couldn't start to believe. As he headed out to see her, got onto a boat and went across the ocean, he started contemplating this idea. And crossing near the spot where the ship went down that had his family in it, He wrote down these beautiful words, and these words became this hymn that is so powerful and has been something that has held on in the Christian faith for years now. And it says this, he wrote this, When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. He realized that through the best of times, when peace flows over us, and through the worst of times, where it feels like we're in a storm that is unending, the most important thing we have to realize is that it is still well with our soul. God is in the midst of all things, and he is going to give you peace. When it comes down to it, that is the most important thing, knowing that it is well with our soul. Our souls have been saved, and no matter what, No matter what we encounter, 
that promise we can hold on to. What storms are you going through right now? How has this world rocked the boat you're in and threatened to sink you? Don't forget that Jesus is right there in that boat with you. He's ready for you to turn to him and acknowledge him and trust in him. Build that trust. Be in God and know his peace. Jesus says in John 16, 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. In life there are always highs and there are always lows, but in all of it, that's not where we should look for peace. God gives you peace by being just the most glorious person in your life. So trust in that fact. God's peace, though, is a lot different than anything we would expect. It's a promise that in the hustle and bustle of this world, while things are going on around us that are crazy, we're anxious, we're worried, we can lean on him and know his strength. It doesn't mean that life is easy, but it means that we can rest in his love. It means that God's peace is found in Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. The world cannot achieve or provide this peace because the world could not deal with this sin problem that we had. But Jesus could, and that's what he came to do. Our deepest and darkest sins and our failures in our lives have been removed and replaced by the salvation that he gives. Amen. That's so great. So we should never let anything in this world shake us because we have that promise. We have that. Choose to live in that. Choose to live in God. C.S. Lewis uh, said, said this, God cannot give us a happiness and a peace apart from himself because it is not there. There is no such thing. Our faith in God produces wholeness. It gives us an identity in God and it allows us to build our life on his love. Nowhere else will you find that. Nowhere else. You can look for it, but you won't find it. Living faithfully with God and his peace must be a continuous thing in our lives. If you do that, you'll know that beauty. And now we get to the second story about Christmas. Now this one's probably not one you hear too often. One of the most beautiful things I love about the story in Luke is that it's this, this quiet and wonderful story of love and peace. But I want to tell a story from the book of Revelation. I know, right? The revelation around Christmas time? Alex is down here laughing. But this, Eugene Peterson says about this in Revelations 12. Eugene Peterson writes about this, that this is not a nativity story that we talk about, that we grew up with, but it's a nativity story all the same. It describes a scene much different than what we have in Luke. And now Revelations is a tricky book, so don't get caught up in in the numbers and the details, but just listen to the big picture of this story. In Revelations chapter 12, it says this. A great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with a moon under her feet, and a crown of twelve stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain, and she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on its heads. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth, so that it might devour her child the moment he was born. She gave birth to a son a male child who would rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. 
The woman fled into the wilderness to a place prepared for her by God, where she might be taken care of for 1,260 days. Then war broke out in heaven. That sure doesn't sound peaceful, does it? There is no peace in that story. When we hear a story of celebration of joy and love and peace in Luke, here we read of conflict and war. When Jesus was born into this world, it was nothing less than a declaration of war on the devil. The people were brought peace through his birth, but during that time, heaven was anything but peaceful. Jesus won that victory. We have nothing to fear because the cross sealed the deal and the work of Christ was finished. Peace was brought to us because Jesus took the punishment we deserved. Violence that we should have had became violence for him. And because of that, we have rest. We have peace. And we have freedom that was paid for by him. We know that Jesus and through him we have everlasting, authentic, and a true peace. Don't miss out on it. Don't miss out on that. If we keep looking for stuff like that in this world, we're not going to find it. You have to have Jesus in your life. You have to choose him and make him a part of all that you do. The peace that we so desperately need is right here and right now. Take it. Live in that and trust in God. Put your faith in him. When you do, you begin to see that these momentary struggles, these storms in our lives are nothing compared to the surpassing greatness of being found in Christ. Christmas reminds us this, of this every year. We get to celebrate this beauty, this wonderful thing. It started on that day when Christ was born, a little baby. The testimony that the angels gave was just the start. But then his life, his ministry, his death, and his resurrection made everything amazing. It gave us purpose. It showed us how to live and it gave us that beautiful gift of life. We have it. We know that it's here, so go out and live it. Live the way that Jesus told us to. He told us to love others. He taught us to love our enemies, and that's what we need to do. We can do this because Jesus himself mended that bond between us and God. We have a connection with our beautiful, wonderful Savior because of the amazing work that he did. So as we go about our lives this week, as we celebrate and enjoy the busyness of Christmas and all that it involves, the family, the friends, the work, everything, good and bad, remember that peace is right here and right now. You are loved by God. And when you choose God, his spirit comes into you and you realize that it is well with your soul. Glory to God and peace on earth. Let's pray. God, your son changed everything. His coming into the world changed the trajectory of our lives. It allows us to live in a peace that you promised, Lord. It's right here with us. In all of the craziness of this life, Lord, let us remember that you are the foundation underneath it, that we can rest in you. Lord, thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you for Christmas and the story that comes with it.
It's in his name that we pray. Amen.